0: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cavins.
1: Getting closer and closer, Greg draft night coming up on Thursday. Of course, it's the Tuesday edition of the podcast. Let's talk about all the things that have been discussed in the media over the past 24 to 36 hours. There's a lot of stuff to sift through. I read uh, your your work on bostonsportsjournal.com. So I, I have a good idea as to how you feel about all of this talk, but let's break it down piece by piece, Greg. Let's start with the group that has started to mention the Patriots moving up into the top 10. We had Mel Kuyper say he would be shocked if the Patriots did not move up from 15. Burt Breer says that he heard the Patriots were, quote-unquote, sniffing around, I believe that was Burt, sniffing around the top 10, and then we had Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network talk about this yesterday. And Pellicero said that multiple teams are, are talking about a trade up into 10, uh, into the top 10. And the Patriots are one of those teams. And the Patriots also, according to Pellicero, are really intrigued by Justin Fields. So let's just look at this idea, Greg, of the Patriots moving up from 15 into the top 10 for a quarterback that a lot of people are throwing out there right now.
0: Yeah. So Nick, what's interesting is that I think it, so I think it was Pellicero reported that the Patriots were looking to move up and teams thought that they were looking for Justin Fields. Burt also reported that the Patriots were making sort of feeler calls to the top 10 Um but that at least one team that he spoke with didn't think that the Patriots were really all that serious, right? Uh, about moving up and and I think the latter report, in my opinion, is a little bit more correct. I mean, look, <laughs> in, in in as you read, I wrote wrote about this. Um, I I think we could go back just about every year, um, maybe when it looked like the Patriots weren't going to have a first round pick or whatnot. Not those years, but. Other years, when they had a first-round pick, I mean, how many reports of their draft week of the Patriots? The Patriots are making calls. They're looking <laughs> to move up. And look, Everybody gets excited. Have, Here we go. I know. They, they have made calls. Uh, they have made deals to move up. You know, um, Dante Hightower and Chandler Jones, uh, if I'm not mistaken, were – I think they were both trade-ups that year. So, look, it's not out of the realm of possibility, um, but <clears throat> you have to understand – the Patriots always makes call make calls to move up. They it's called due diligence. They want to see what the market is. They want to see uh, what the market is so that they know. All right, well, we're not going to take this deal, but is there somebody else out there that we know that might take this deal? And they can gauge how competitive it is by you know what the ask is by the teams and things like that. They just want intel. They want intel about what's going on so they could better predict what is going to happen uh, around their pick, and what they might do. So Let,
1: let me stop you right there, Greg, before I forget yep. this. I want to ask you a follow-up question on what you just said. So in essence, let, let's have a scenario here, right? Let let's Let's have a hypothetical. The Patriots know that Washington wants a quarterback, and so they might believe Washington is trying to move up from 19 to draft that quarterback in the top 10. So the Patriots mm-hmm. now can look at what the price is going to be and then possibly gauge whether or not Washington would be willing to pay that price to move up. Because if Washington isn't, that might open a possibility later for the Patriots to trade with Washington if the quarterback falls to the Patriots. Is is that kind of, again, that's just a hypothetical I'm throwing out yeah. there, but that's the kind of intel you're talking about.
0: Yeah, And just, you know, in general, they want to know, all right, well, is it likely that teams are going to push into the top 10? Who is that going to push down as far as what might be available for the Patriots at 15? It's all sort of an intelligence-gathering operation. And look, could the Patriots strike a deal and move up for one of the other two quarterbacks? Sure, it's possible. Um, You know, I I don't think it's likely. But uh, the fact that the Patriots are making calls, to me, does not necessarily signify anything.
1: All right, It makes a lot of sense. I mean, that that's what they do. So, with that in mind, let's talk about the other side of the argument. Because again, we've got a certain number of people who are talking about the Patriots moving up. We also have other people talking about the Patriots moving back. Uh, Todd McShay said yesterday that he feels like the Patriots are more likely to move back than up. Mike Giardi brought up a point in Euro in depth about this, Greg, recently at Boston Sports Journal. The idea of that big gap, right? That the Patriots have—they go from you know forty-six to somewhere in the nineties, right? They, they've got yeah, that ninety-seven. Big, yeah, they've got that big gap. And, Fifty-three and
0: it, picks. That's, 53 a, that's picks. a Big gap.
1: Yeah, it's huge. It's it's massive, especially for a guy like Belichick. We know yep. he hates you know any kind of long-term break during the draft, especially you know I've been reading. I, I don't know if you've been told the same thing, but it seems to be the case that a lot of draft pundits and a lot of people even in the league, like the 30 to 75 range. Like they they feel like there are a lot of players in that range yeah. that are are good football players that are plug and play kind of guys. So your thoughts, because Mike Giardi pointed out the gap and said, this is something that other people throughout the league believe the Patriots are going to try to rectify. They're going to try to correct that problem. How do you feel about those thoughts and, and discussions out there floating around.
0: Yeah, Nick, you know, that's the camp that I've been in for a while, that it's more likely to me that the Patriots trade down than to trade up in the draft. And this is somewhat related to Jimmy G, but you know, not really. This is just in sort of theory on how the Patriots like to operate, but yeah, you you're absolutely right that I think look, I think where the Patriots pick in the first round, 15 The number of mock drafts I've done, and I forgot to put this on the 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 rundown, but in my latest mock draft, I gave the Patriots um, Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech, which uh, I'm now already regretting, and I'll have a new mock draft on (laughs) Thursday um, just because of his injury history. I think in any other year, I think that the Patriots would do enough, be able to do enough medical checks, but I heard the other day, and there was a report that um, there's a lot of information not out there on the medical checks from Indy and yep. a lot of teams are pissed off. And I'm just like, well, that's, that's gotta affect guys like Farley and and that, because I do think any other year with being able to put your own doctor's hands on these players and considering the Patriots background with Rob, Gon- Rob Gronkowski's injury, which is the same thing that Farley had. um that they would take a risk on this guy. It, that was after a trade down. And, you know, maybe two. Um, I had them almost trading down twice in the first round. But uh, the Patriots can't get their hands on this guy. So, I don't know how good their medical information is. So, that probably pushes a guy like Farley into the second round. Um, but, you know, in, in any event, on the Patriots trade down, I've always sort of been there. I just And, and a big thing is the reason f- is the gap. And also... I think the gap in the talent in this draft to me in all the mock drafts I've done the Patriots of 15, depending on how they feel about Micah Parsons and whether teams ahead of them, like Micah Parsons, I have a tough time finding them no doubt elite talent at 15. It's, is it there? Yeah. But some of it's risky, like, like, um, like Micah Parsons, like a Farley, um, There there are some question marks. And so to me, I just think that if they're able to trade back one or two times and sort of add ammunition in the second and third round, to me, I think that's that serves them better if they're off, if they're not going to go up for either of the two first round quarterbacks that will be left then I think they're better off getting as much ammunition as possible because it's, and it's not just to add multiple players. It's not, it's just to add ammunition in terms of a trade to get the secondary quarterback that you want, because right now all they have is 46 and then some in 97, some comp pick. Yeah. In theory, can it get you what you want in the second round? Yeah, but it's going to be, you're going to have competition probably for those secondary quarterbacks. And so, You want a little extra ammunition, and right now they don't have it. I think the trade down, if somebody's still there that people like, because we talked about the Patriots don't have a ton of uh, holes right now, they do in 2022 that they need to address. I just think they need multiple options to maneuver around the board to get their guys.
1: We'll get into those secondary quarterbacks in a couple of minutes, but let's talk about another quarterback because – a part of all the rumor and innuendo that's been floated out there in the last 36 hours. Uh, Peter King wrote about this uh, this week about Jimmy G. And King in his column says Jimmy G could be more available than he's been. And the idea is we've heard Mike Giardi report this. San Francisco has been asking for a first-round pick for Garoppolo, which to me is hilarious. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, but they've been asking for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I could ask for a million dollars in my next contract negotiation. I don't think I'm getting it. So you know, the idea is, hey, Jimmy G might be more available than he's been, which means a second-round pick, possibly, maybe even a second-round pick and something else, whatever that would be. And then we had the Kyle Shanahan press conference yesterday, which truly was <laughs> a, a masterpiece and. I don't know what the hellness. If you, if you listen to him, he was asked about Garoppolo a couple of times. One of his answers was ridiculous. He said that, you know, you, you can't guarantee if somebody's going to be alive on Sunday. You know, pretty much wishing <laughs> death on Garoppolo, which I thought was pretty morbid. And then he was asked about Garoppolo. I don't know if it was before that, Greg, or after. Everybody paid attention to that comment. But then he was asked about Garoppolo in another spot during that press conference. And his point was listen, Jimmy hasn't been healthy. We've had those conversations with Jimmy. He understands why we needed to draft a starting quarterback. And then he went on to just, again, throw flowers at the feet of Garoppolo, flowers that it just didn't make any sense, saying that when Jimmy's been out there, he's played at a high level when he hasn't. And, you know, just kind of building, trying to build the value up on Garoppolo again. Your thoughts on um, Jimmy G, where we stand right now. Are we more likely Garoppolo is going to get dealt this week than we were, let's say a week or two ago, or is this kind of just stayed the same in San Francisco's off in never, Neverland, trying to create a market. That's not really there.
0: Yeah. I look, Nick, I think, um, you know, I've reported what I've reported about Garoppolo and the Patriots and um, how the Patriots would like him back and, but they're not going to overpay. And, and I haven't deviated from that. And and so to me, I think I would assess where we are with the Jimmy stuff right now is um, I think I think the 49ers are coming back to reality. <clears throat> I think they've now sort of game plan this out a bit more. And look, we're going on the supposition that it's Mac Jones at three. Right. Um, because I think if it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance, then whatever – plan Shanahan has put out there about some succession plan uh, could definitely come to fruition. But if it's Mac Jones and everybody that I've talked to think in the NFL thinks it's going to be Mac Jones um nobody in the NFL thinks that they're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Now I can't tell you when they're going to deal him. They could deal him before the draft, during the draft, um after the first mini camp, rookie mini camp when they get Jones in the building and they get him on the board and give him some of the playbook and see you know, how fast he's going to uh, absorb it. Um, but I don't think Jimmy G is long for San Francisco once Mac Jones is the selection, and I think he will be. And I think, the at least in league circles, from people I've talked to, the favorite to land Jimmy Garoppolo is the Patriots. I mean, if you looked at what they've done this whole offseason, and I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but I definitely wrote about this. At one point, somebody after the the free agency spree that the Patriots did, somebody you know around the Patriots, I was asking them about what they're doing and what they're doing at quarterback, and they said, "We didn't effing do this for Cam Newton." <laughs> you know, and so like if you look at what they've done in terms of the weapons that they've added. Um, there could be more coming in terms of weaponry in this draft. Um, you know, where the defense is and all that, like this team is built to win now with the right quarterback, somebody who has the full controls of the Patriots offense that can do, you know, the calls and the checks and the things in and, and that, and can hit tight ends that can hit, uh, receivers like. Nelson Aguilar deep or Kendrick Bourne, sort of, you know, on um, shorter passes and things like that. And the two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith, like it's not, it's not Cam Newton's bag. I mean, if if I were the Patriots, and I don't know if this has already been worked out or what have you, but if I'm them, I'm sending, I'm sending a future second. Even and make it conditional, you know. If you want, I don't really care. Um, uh, this is what I'm doing. I'm sending them a future second, probably conditional, conditional because of this fact. I'm having San Francisco pay part of his salary because, as we all know, they've already budgeted for Jimmy Garoppolo and the and the the the, the owner signed off. You know, now you're getting a rookie quarterback. Do the Patriots a solid? You know, pay like half of his. 25 million in our, some sort of bonus um patriots send a second and probably i would like to send cam newton and the thing is i think that belichick has the type of relationship with kyle shanahan that he could say like look you know you want this guy he can run he can run your offense um he'd be you know a really good guy to have around great leadership the guys really respond um you know, I've already talked to him. He, he he understands the situation. And you bring Jimmy back here, and now the Patriots are cooking with gas. And here's the other thing, Nick, with the Garoppolo thing. Look, you basically have two choices if you're the Patriots. and And it depends on, you know, the fans that are listening, what they think, what you think. You know, it's either you basically take your first two picks this year and you trade up into the first round to get a quarterback if you can. So that's two picks, your top two picks, and maybe you can use a future second. I don't know. But if I'm a team trading out of the top 10 and I have a chance at a quarterback, I want I want to pay I want it to pay off now in the draft. And so I want the Patriots first two picks. So that's for one quarterback. Or you can sit Pat at 15, make your pick. It could be another receiver like a Devontae Smith that would work really well with Jimmy Garoppolo you trade um you trade your a future second for Jimmy. San Francisco's probably fine with that. And you keep your second round pick. So you could get three players, a starting quarterback, a really good receiver, a pretty good prospect at 46. You could get those three players for those three pieces or you could get one player. And so that's essentially what the decision is and In my mind, I don't think there's any doubt that Belichick goes with, uh, with with the multiple player situation. I think that's better for the Patriots, and I think that's sort of where we are now. You know, when is that deal going to happen? I don't know. Do I think it's going to happen? I think it is. I don't know it's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen at some point.
1: Fascinating stuff, and I think it's a really good question. To me, it's all about how much you love the quarterback that you're looking at in the top 10. If you tell me that you love a guy and we've heard about the grades, you know, that they go up to, you know, nine and, and usually in the first round, you're looking at somebody who's graded between 6.0 and 6.9. We've heard Mike Lombardi talk about that. We've heard Tom Curran talk about that. He wrote a story a long time ago with Belichick and they talked about the vertical and horizontal board and the grading process. If you're telling me that the Patriots feel like, for example, Justin Fields is somebody who can be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, then I would move up. Because I would say there's right. nothing more important than having a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And if you, if you love that guy, then you do whatever you have to to draft that guy. If you're telling me that they like Lance or Fields or whoever would be the pick, if you're moving up, Then I would go your route and say, all right, Jimmy G, a wide receiver, you know, another player at 46. Maybe you can draft a quarterback uh, behind Jimmy. Maybe you can wait to draft a quarterback until 2022 when you know what Jimmy is. Then I would go that route. I would also say this before we move on to the secondary quarterbacks. Just one more thing about Jimmy G. Well, two things. Quickly, I don't know what San Francisco is doing. I don't know why they're throwing so much smoke out there. We know Lawrence and Wilson are going one and two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Shanahan is enjoying this game. I don't know <laughs> what's happening with that situation, but it, to me, if you make the aggressive move that they made, you know who you want to pick. Like th- this idea that oh well, we've got five guys that we like. Get out of my face. Like I right. just I, I don't believe that you trade what you traded when you traded it. If you have five guys, if you have five guys you like, then why didn't you just wait and trade with Philadelphia at six? Why don't you wait till the night of the draft to see how it fell? Like, I don't believe anything that Shanahan is throwing out there. I also don't know why he's throwing
0: out all this stuff. It
1: makes no sense to me. As far as oh Go ahead. Uh, You you
0: got
1: something on that?
0: Yeah. I just wanted to make one point that I, I didn't make before. Um look, this Patriots team in, and, and remember we talked about this free agency period is basically, it was a mulligan for what they've done in the draft. And it basically, hopefully I think they've knocked it out of the park. I think they got really good players across the board and I think they're going to work out. They all weren't work out, but maybe a vast majority of them, you know, even if that's the case and we talked about 2022, but the big thing is this window is very short for this team. Like, it's the next one or two years with this group. And then you're hoping last year's draft class, this year's draft class, they get caught up behind the scenes to where now they the Patriots have a good young base to the roster. But this is a this is a team built to win now in the next year or two. Does anybody really think Justin Fields and Trey Lance are going to do that? Let alone the whole the, the hit rate in the top five. That what? all five quarterbacks in the top 10 top 15 what have you that go in this draft they're all going to hit and they're all going to be great no what's the hit rate like 40 or 50 percent I mean look at all look at all the quarterbacks the stat that you know since 2019 or whatever it was or I forget when the when the date was how many quarterbacks aren't in the same place that were taken in the first round yeah um so you know What – we know Belichick doesn't have much time left, or we think. We know that the Patriots just spent a crap load of money on this team. We know that the window is short, that they could get out of this basically in a year or two with a lot of these guys. And so – and what's the Patriots' history with rookies? You're like, when are they going to be ready? When is Justin Fields and Trey Lance going to be ready? Trey Lance is probably two or three years away. Justin Fields is probably he probably has to sit at least a year so what are you going to do you are just going to tread water for another year that's why I think that to me Jimmy makes the most sense for this team right now and then you go try to find your Russell Wilson you know what have you secondary quarterback that pops
1: all right let's get into the secondary quarterbacks now just quick hits, quick hits on yep. each guy. If I miss anybody, you let me know. I know you've been studying the film, looking at a lot of these guys. I've got three names that I want to look at. If there's anybody else you want to throw in there, you can do that as well. Uh, let's start with Davis Mills, because a lot yep. of people believe Davis Mills from Stanford might be that next guy picked after the top five. What do you think about Mills?
0: Yeah, I like Mills as a prospect. I think that there's a lot there. Um classic size, um, only has like 11 years, uh, 11 games of experience, um, due to various things. He's had a lot of knee injuries already. That's an issue. Um, I like, he looks like, he looks like a pro quarterback when you watch him play, or at least a pro quarterback in training. He's got a, you know, nice compact delivery. Um, he throws a really nice tight spiral down the field. Um, the problem is his. He, he looks. He looks like a neophyte. He he doesn't look like he has a complete understanding of the offense uh, that he was in. He stared down a lot of wide receivers, a lot of half field reads. But um, if the Patriots got him in the second or third round, yeah, I could see him as um, a pretty good developmental prospect. I think he's. I don't know if at this time he's better than Jared Stidham, but I, I think in due time, I think he would be better, um, than Stidham. And I, you know, I think he's got a chance.
1: I've seen a number of people talking about this next guy on the list as a possible fit for the Patriots, Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M.
0: Yeah, I, um, I went in with an open mind. Um, I know that Chris Sims was really high on him. Um, I know other people who were high on him and, uh, watching the tape, in my opinion, um, you know, Kellen Mond. Depending on your point of view, how you look at football, how you think what matters in football, um, it's really going to tell the tale on what you think of Kellen Mond. Because if you just look at if you're a stats nerd, if you base everything off of spreadsheets and what have you in terms of how things fit in the NFL or with um, the Patriots, then you probably aren't that you probably aren't that high on Kellen Mond. His metrics aren't that great. Um, you know, you, you can come up with five bad um, analytic statistics for Kellen Mond that you'll just be like, well, he has no chance. But if you watch the film like I do, like Chris Sims does, like NFL coaches do when it comes to picking quarterbacks, they don't look at they don't look stats. Um they're helpful, but they don't really look at them when it comes to this stuff. Um, there's something there. Um, I think that there's a lot of high upside with this guy. Um, I think that, you know, you can say that he was on a good team preseason, whatever, in 2021, coming off of COVID and everything and what have you. I don't know how that even matters. But what I saw on film was a guy – the things that that intrigued me, that excited me, number one, I didn't think the Texas A&M was very good compared to a lot of the teams that they played. And they were always competitive. Um, Kellen Mond brought brought his team back a lot. Even in the senior bowl, he brought back his team and won offensive MVP honors. I love how he is completely unaffected in the pocket by pressure. And he was under a lot of pressure at Texas A&M. I don't like that he he makes some bad decisions. He'll stare down receivers. Um, He can be late with stuff. At times, I do think, in my opinion, from having watched Jimbo Fisher's offenses over the years, including with Jameis Winston with Florida State, um, I'm not crazy about Jimbo's scheme. It's it it helps him in terms of being a pro because he's under center, he does play action, but it's predictable. I mean, you can even see on film that the defensive backs from the other teams know what what routes they're going to (laughs) run, and you know. But there are times that the things I love. You know, Mon brings his team back a ton. He's unaffected by pressure, which is big for me. He can he can make he can make big time throws uh, without taking much of a stride, which is big, which separates him, in my opinion, from a guy like Justin Fields, who needs a stride and he's got a slow wind up. I think Mon gets. He, there are things that you need to fix with him. You need to make him a more athletic, uh, more athletic with the ball, sort of like Aaron Rodgers when he was at um, Cal the high ball carriage to what he is now with the Packers. You need to do something similar with him to unleash his athletic ability. But I think in terms of what was around him and not many NFL draft picks, he was not playing with many NFL draft picks and how he affected the team. And I've heard some more things. I was worried about how he wasn't a captain, but I heard that's just Jimbo only does one captain and Mond is a little bit quieter, but he works his ass off. He's very smart. Um, I really like Kellen Mond. If I had my pick of the secondary quarterbacks, Mond would be the guy. A guy, he would be a perfect guy to sit behind Jimmy for a year while you sort of a year or two while you retool him, and I think you have a chance to have a really good quarterback there.
1: All right, let's get to one more guy in the secondary quarterback uh, prospect list here. And I was reading something—I forget who it was now because there's so much stuff out there—but somebody had tweeted out recently that the Patriots were doing a lot of work on Kyle Trask and Mm -hmm. they might have interest in Trask as the guy. Of course, he played with Kyle Pitts in Florida, big program, big conference, your thoughts on Trask.
0: Yeah. Now, so this is sort of the, um, the anti-Kelamond. I think that, you know, Kyle Trask is an analytics darling. He has all the stats. Um, he has all that stuff, but, when you flip on the film, I don't think his film is as impressive as Mond. And by the way, Mond has a freaking rifle to all parts of the field. Trask is, Trask is fine. Trask is good. I wouldn't be opposed to the Patriots drafting Trask. Could I see them liking him? Yeah, I could see it. But here, here's where I am on Trask. Everything is slow. Like I don't think he's slow. Like he's not. He's not, um, you know, he's not slow running. He's not, you know, stuck in the ground. Yeah. But I'm talking about more quarterback savviness in the pocket, manipulating the pocket, getting rid of the ball. Like everything is slow to me. He, to me, Kyle Trask looks like, you know, we had this argument, um, or, or at least we had this discussion about Mac Jones, you yeah. know, about pocket passers in today's quarterback. And we talked about how, you know, how many pocket passers have worked out in the past, I don't know, decade coming out of college. Not many, not many that I can think of. I mean, Breeze and Brady and Roethlisberger and Rivers, they're a dying breed for a reason. Those guys don't work in college anymore because of the speed. And so when you look at Mac Jones, what's the difference between Mac Jones and a Kyle Trask? who I look at Kyle Trask as every other pocket quarterback that's come out of the out of college football. The difference is Mac Jones and his feet, how he manipulates the pocket, his mind, he throws with anticipation, his accuracy, he puts it on the money. Trask is accurate, but everything is slow. The way he moves in the pocket, the way he gets rid of the ball. I mean, talk about being surrounded by a great supporting cast. He only has Kyle Pitts, a you know, a generational tight end who everyone says is going to go to the pro football hall of fame and Kadarius Tony. Yep. Who is probably going to go in the first round. I would maybe pick him. He's a dynamite slot sort of gadget guy. And those guys, every time I watch Kyle Trask, all he is, is uh, this is every Kyle Trask game film is him throwing to those guys, 10 yards behind everybody else, or, short sort of checkdowns. He looks like he wears number 11. He looks to me like an unathletic Alex Smith down to, Mm. I'm going to take the short stuff to pump up my stats type of thing. Like that's what I saw in, in Kyle Trask. And, you know, could he work in the NFL? Yeah. I just don't, I just think the game is going to be too fast for him. And I think he has a very high chance of busting, but look, I could be wrong. I've certainly been wrong before on this type of stuff.
1: It's interesting you bring up Alex Smith's name because, of course, Smith came out and said that the Patriots were kind of snooping around him a little bit. He also said that there were some caveats to those conversations, so who knows what that was all about. But, you know. It, Nick, one would've... more thing on yep.
0: Trask and Mond. Look, uh, I think it was at the Swamp. Kellen Mond brought his team back, won in overtime against Kyle Trask this year with what, you know, what Mon had around him as opposed to, you know, first round picks and and NFL draft picks all over the place, uh, you know, in a really established program um, with, you know, Mullen in Florida, Um, they went in there and they beat Trask. So that was, to me, that was a perfect example. Go watch the the Florida-Texas A&M game from this past year and tell me which quarterback you think his team believes in that, that they want his, his the ball in his hands at the end of the game, how they feel about him bringing him back. And to me, it's clear. Kellen Mond, when I watched him, I got more of a feeling of, this is what I remember watching sort of Brett Favre from Southern Mississippi going into Tallahassee and almost pulling off an upset. Um, that's the vibe I got watching Kellen Mond. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask is a guy who didn't even start in high school. Um, for his team. I just think he's, I just think he's going to be out of his league come once he gets into the NFL.
1: Yeah. It'll be interesting again that, you know, according to Alex Smith, the Patriots were looking at him uh, when, when he became a free agent and you made the comparison to Alex Smith with Trask. It's just kind of an interesting little uh, note about that. Let's get to the Boston sports member question of the day. Check us out over at BSJ thirty nine ninety nine on the annual plan. Not only do you get top notch analysis, But if you're a Patriots junkie, which of course you are, a membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis Bedard does on the coach's film and direct access to him in weekly chats. Greg, what do you got today for the uh, question?
0: Uh, Well, let's go with – I can't even – Nafinva. I don't know. It sounds like a New England fan in Virginia. That's what it is, N-E fan in VA. i I'm very sharp. Nick, I'm you know, it takes me a little bit of a while. It's probably <laughs> one of your people um, down there. Uh, I'm very – a little slow in the uptake. He said, why trade down in the first to get a third? Pat's trade lay, lesser picks to move in the third round twice last year. Um, you know, I, I just think that – I just think that the Patriots need maneuverability. In this draft and and I think that I don't think that what they have right now which is sort of like comp picks at the end of the third in the fourth round I don't think it's going to get them too much I mean I think they need to come out of this draft I think we, we you and I last time we talked about numbers I think they need to come out with um about six seven or eight guys out of this draft and then I would you know start flipping picks the next year when you're going to have a lot more information on people. Um, you know, but I do think you know trading down from first, from the first round, uh, to pick up a third. I think it. I think it helps the Patriots a lot. And as we talked about, they got the tight ends there last year. They had to trade up in the third round to get those guys. The Patriots could see themselves in the same position to get you know whether it's a linebacker or a cornerback or uh, you know a defensive tackle, um, you know things like that where they need. Developmental guys, safety is another position. You know, I can't wait to see what um safety Belichick overdrafts in the second round um, <laughs> this year. That that's always that's always fun to see Belichick make those picks in the draft nick community to go out of their minds about how I can't believe hey, paid, uh, he Belichick hit on Duggar last year. Guy. It
1: looks like he hit on Duggar.
0: That's that's for sure. I mean, that's I can't wait for, to watch that guy on the field again, and uh hopefully we get that opportunity come you know the next week or two after the draft that uh they do have a rookie minicamp and we're out there and i can report back to you what these guys actually look like in uh in, in patriots paraphernalia but um yeah i think they need to trade down they need more assets to to, to to that's a 53 pick uh drought that they're gonna have in this draft right now and i don't think i don't think belichick is comfortable with that at all
1: We're just over 48 hours away from the first round of the NFL draft coming up on Thursday night. Greg and I will have another podcast before the first round, so look out for that. We'll get uh, Greg's final mock draft. We'll see if he uh, regrets it as quickly as he did with the Caleb Farley pick. But We'll (laughs) we'll get the next mock draft. We'll talk about whatever happens over the next 48 hours as well. Uh, Until then, everybody be well.